Hi everyone, welcome to D4 Data channel podcast on the topic sustainable water resources management and uh, with me we have uh, Ms. Kushbu K. Birawad and uh, she's an environmentalist and been active in this uh, particular domain on water resources management and she's a teaching faculty and she handles different subjects in environmental science and uh, currently she has been part of different uh, water resources management project and uh, really happy to be part of this uh, kushbu thanks thanks for thank you so yes thank you so much so uh, so i have a couple of questions for you today and uh, so since you have worked a lot in uh, bangalore water resources management so the first question is uh, like what what are the primary challenges you faced while handling those kind of uh, water resource management projects in bangalore especially so um, <clears throat> the primary challenge of what comes as a researcher or a one uh, or an academician is basically we want to understand historically how it was right and then um, try to uh, work upon what didn't work and what is the gap and how we can fill that gap so for example when i say i i want to work on water resources of bangalore there are a lot of issues uh, specifically if i want to deal with wastewater treatment or wastewater management then uh, what is the wastewater quantity which is being generated in bangalore i need to know that so that is taken care by wssp what is the wastewater quantity which is being treated so that ha- records has to be present in stp so getting access to those um, records as a researcher or an as an academician and being able to utilize it uh, is one challenge but even before that is these records are not available so unavailability of the reference data or reference resources is one of the biggest challenges and uh, awareness regarding what is available what is not available and how do we access it and the decentralized way of lot of institutions working on different aspects of water and there is no a central connection from where we can get all this information so that has been the biggest challenge for um, our team as of now got it got it so when you said about uh, the data requirement so like what what exact type of data or what format of data is being useful for an efficient water management system program like this which you mentioned okay so initi- the first and the foremost data which comes into um, mind is the climate basically the weather data of a local region so uh, say rainfall data daily rainfall data matters a lot if we uh, want to talk about any of the flood events which are happening so why is it happening on which day it is happening historically uh, so we need 30 to 40 years data daily data if early it's present it's even better but at least daily data is what we want so we have case in mdmc who is recording this type of data but for bangalore we could just find four stations uh, but case in mdmc do have 100 plus stations all over uh, bangalore and karnataka as a whole 
so getting that data with the minimal cost or uh, uh, free for people to use is a challenge that is the first thing so climate weather data is something which is very important for us to understand uh, the rainfall pattern as well as what is the water available from the rain rainfall for this um, region second comes um, along with rainfall all the other parameters like temperature humidity sunshine as matters a lot then comes uh, water supply because we are just not dependent on rainfall actually we are not at all dependent on rainfall except for our groundwater replenishment uh, in bangalore we are just letting it go except for a few rainwater harvesting um, initiatives taken by a lot of institutions as well as individuals um, centrally there is no system in place which uh, by which we are used using rainwater although bwssb has uh, um uh, a mandate that uh, so and so a house a rooftop should have or the institution should have a rainwater harvesting system it's not really enforced in um 100% enforcement we can't even expect that but at least um, uh, enforcement is really not that high so uh, first is the nature data the second one comes the water which we are bringing in from kaveri uh that data uh, although we know like we are getting around 530 or even more than that mlt of uh, water uh, and it is being uh, given to the entire city uh, what we um, don't have is access to that information uh, like the frequent or the um, the um, proper record of it which we can utilize for some useful purposes we don't have it um it's just a lump sum amount and then we have a lump sum amount of what is the leakages so we don't have that metering so second is the water which we are getting from outside other than rainfall and the third one is we are supplying that water yes how much is being actually supplied that metering is not um provided to us um the next parameter comes is waste water how much it is being generated how much it is being recycled and gone back into the loop so that data becomes very important to us and then groundwater levels how it was in the past how it has reduced and whether it has increased or not so most of the researchers about around bangalore if you see specific to bangalore um, everything is a ballpark number like an estimate so it can be uh, a general estimations through uh, various equations which we do or it can be modeling analysis a little better way of doing it but everything which can be maintained as a proper data point is not being maintained so there is no system of um, maintaining or acquiring it or at least measuring what they are doing so if those things can be put in place and made accessible for people like uh, as or even citizens citizens would like to know how much is in their ward or in their locality water being used how can they reduce the consumption so that becomes very useful in understanding how do we manage those water resources understood understood yeah so basically there is a lack of uh, governance around this particular data collection and everything exactly exactly okay so uh, like uh, i think you mentioned little bit about it so what we have currently and what we had in the past i think much of the things might have improved over the time period actually so do you see any chance of improvement or like what where it's heading to in terms of data collection and gathering 
so in terms of data collection and gathering i understand like past two two and a half years we have been working on this and i understand that there is substantial amount of uh, data points being collected for example i mentioned ksn and dmc they have really good network of it uh, bwssp they are doing everything to gis layers but metering i don't know at what level it is because we are not able to access the data and then comes to uh, records like for example sewage treatment plant what is the water which has come in what is the water which has been treated and go out i think they do have these points but um the transparency with which this is supposed to be there uh, for the researchers academicians users private uh, citizens is not there so i think improvement in availability of the data maybe at a minimal cost or the transparency of the data is missing where the improvement can happen when it comes to data collection and uh, provisioning it got it got it yeah so uh, so when we talk about uh, rejuvenation process so uh, like what all design approaches we have for a sustainable rejuvenation process currently so when i when we say rejuvenation a lot of csr projects you would have seen focus on uh, lake rejuvenation projects so a lake is beautified and everything but then most of the times after 3 4 or 5 years when you go back you see there is again eutrophied uh, lake excessive nutrients and then uh, the lake is again being damaged and then reworking again is required so the cycle is just like circular it is going we are not like finishing it and there is no sustainable process um, this is happening especially in bangalore because i feel the storm drains which are connected to the lakes which bring in the water to these lakes are um, not rejuvenated so when it comes to sustainable rejuvenation you have to look at it from the systems principles systems approach where i understand from where is the water coming to this current lake are the upstream lakes rejuvenated are the storm drains which are connected is there a connection for the water to actually flow and come to this lake so when it comes to lake management yes this can be one of the principles where we look at the entire body of the lake not just a part which is the uh, lake itself second when we talk about water resources management we are always uh, understanding okay uh this is our demand and the, we have to uh, supply this much water to water to public like people so there is this uh, famous Af uh, like uh, aboriginal um, story which says about the frog tidalic so tidalic is a very thirsty frog and uh, he drinks up the water all the water which is there in the forest and then all the other trees birds animals suffer because of lack of water and then they do a lot of dramas and make tidalic laugh and then all the water gushes out and everyone is happy then but in our story of bangalore what is happening is we have become the tidalic that we have taken water from various through various stages from kaveri from arkavati arkavati dried up now kaveri also we are like we don't know what we are going to do about it again more and more stages of projects uh, a lot of millions are being spent on those projects and then we are also uh, looking at ettenahole netravati all those different projects so the thing is bangalore is such a tidalic which is always going to look out 
for other places and bring in the water and it's not satisfied with its thirst ever but we did have a lot of lakes within the city itself so when the first centralized way of water supply which was needed for safe um, uh, drinking water supply or provisioning for a city started from kaveri uh, even before that arkavati that is when we lost the touch with our own lakes our own decentralized way of water supply and then lakes started getting deteriorating pollution became rampant and we just forgot about it uh, so Uh, recently there was an article in uh, uh, news that a lot of places in karnataka uh, villages in karnataka including uh, outskirts of bangalore have uh, found the researchers have found uranium in it and they say that this is because the groundwater uh, for groundwater we have dug so deep that the wells are so deep that because of natural uh, pro- Uh, processes itself uranium is present and we shouldn't be going so deep so what is the hint they are providing us is let us have shallow groundwater levels let us utilize that groundwater but also keep replenishing it so that we don't have to go that deep because it becomes useless nevertheless so uh, so when we say sustainable so lakes are our lung spaces for bangalore and also uh, they provide for the city people basically the uh, air um uh, recreational grounds so why don't we look at rejuvenating the lake as well as decentralizing um, the use or the supply of water from these lakes so although this looks like um uh, too uh, impossible but come on we are advancing so much in the Uh, it sector so they say through the waves uh, we have completed the it wave then the data wave and now we are in the data sustainability wave so when we are in the sustainability wave as a globe this shouldn't be very ambitious shouldn't we come all come together and think of a way of utilizing our own lung spaces for recreational plus water supply and then rejuvenating the groundwater in the long run so it is high time like our generation starts doing it but it again starts with um, talking more about it creating more awareness about it yes but taking up such projects um, in a large scale so i think um, stronger stakeholders like the government and the people who are giving money for csr projects think in these directions got it got it that's that's a pretty good insight actually so uh yeah so you did mention about like so we rejuvenate a particular lake and then all the cleaning activities are done so again it's actually going through a cycle and after 2 3 years it's again uh the contamination is happening in that particular site so uh is there any kind of a monitoring program that can be actually designed or like is it, is it there currently to kind of monitor these kind of uh, issues basically so um when we say monitoring of it the only thing which comes to everyone's mind is pollution monitoring so what is the water quality which we are either uh, drinking or the water quality of the lakes which is existing or the water quality of groundwater uh, so Uh, for example you told about lake rejuvenation process so it's maybe it's a csr project or it's a government project taken up done for 2 3 years and then closed so a very less agencies keep a track of it like what is happening after 5 years 10 years is it still existing or not 
so again a long term approach of people or a team who is taking up this initiative uh, so at a very high level when they do sign mous or when they uh, initiate these projects itself they should have a long term process of coming back and looking whether what we worked on is still existing or it needs changes or not so that is one aspect second aspect of quality monitoring it is happening through pollution control boards but that is again not uh, a very transparent way so we don't know what are the data points they are monitoring and what is the quality so again bangalore being a it city which has such great infrastructure why don't we have everything online right whatever they are monitoring at least the basic parameters which are mandated by themselves to be transparent let us have it online with good frequency uh, with the long term approach so we need spatial and temporal um, resolution to be a uh, very fine so that is required really um, i mean uh, i know there will be a lot of there is a lot of debate on why do people need to know about all these nitty gritties we are living um, like according to our constitution itself we should be able to have good scientific temperament such that the individuals are good citizens so to enhance that scientific temperament we are knowledgeable citizens if you give us all this data maybe in our day to day activities we will try to make changes or we will take our local issues and work on it for example lot of um, ngos especially are working on um, local community levels and trying to fix their own issues for example if my area uh, in new delhi especially when i went to new delhi there i saw uh, an architect she took up upon herself to involve the entire community to make a local rainwater harvesting plan and all the issues which used to come due to storm water logging and everything just vanished and they have used their own parks to replenish the groundwater and the level rose and everything so when she had access to such kind of information but she had to run a lot to figure these things out and execute it but if we can have it with just a click of a button and then our time and energy can be spent in actually executing the stuff instead of again figuring out everything from the scratch so that is where i find uh, any of the monitoring programs um, to be long term and to be very fine in terms of what they are exactly doing to be like it should be available for feedback from other people because at large citizens or people really do want to see good things they are good people and that is what i inherently believe and they may be some miscreants but just because someone is not following something or someone is going to create havoc we can't stop doing good things right so it should be available and we can work on it great great yeah true because uh, right now as you said like there is so much technical advancements and there is high time that all of these things should be implemented actually by now correct so yeah so uh, so when you spoke about this uh, geospatial approach or integrated geospatial approach for water management so what what exactly it is and how it is kind of uh, implemented and what are the hurdles for it actually so this um, integrated geospatial approach for sustainable water management is a isro uh, funded project so indian space research organization 
they do have a response scheme through which they fund um, those kind of activities or events uh, where um, uh, GIS or geographical information systems which uses their satellite products. So they use um, so we can use the satellite products or GIS to solve societal issues. So for example, uh, when we approach them with the issue uh, with the project to understand holistically what exists in Bangalore in terms of water resources and um, a, a plan uh, even including policy changes which can come into picture uh, for using lakes as a decentralized source of supply. They really took interest into it and then uh, with a local agency like a regional remote sensing center south which is uh, um, a part of ISRO uh, NRSC. So it is uh, available. So they connected us through them and we are now working on this project. It's a three year project. Two years have passed by six more. I mean, one more year is um, left and we are through with our uh, understanding uh, of our first three objectives. But we have a long way to go because we have still just grasped the situation. We have just outlined what can what has to be done, but actually uh, preparing detailed project reports of what um, can be done and what can be executed is a long way for us to go. OK, got it. Got it. So uh, when you said about the uh, technologies involved in this one, like uh, you you did mention about GIS software and everything. So like uh, is there any other tools or frameworks or what what it's actually being used in this particular project? So basically what we like I mentioned previously all the water resources related data all that we have collected from various agencies but we need to have a visual understanding of it or a visual look of it. So what we use is ArcGIS software uh, to understand it and it's a um, similar version which is a free version is QGIS. So that is available for everyone to use. So we do have access to ArcGIS, so we are using that. We have Airdas Imagine for satellite uh, image processing. So we use such tools um, uh, to understand, um, like when you put something in perspective of space, and when you put something in perspective of time, it builds a story, right? So we are understanding that story through these tools and uh, frameworks easy for us to comprehend basically and also when everything is in terms of maps and then the excel tables we are able to manipulate the data and then visualize it or we are able to see what is the micro watershed like all our boundaries are administrative boundaries like so bbmp wards are there 198 wards and now although bbmp area has increased by four square kilometers so all that where it has increased and uh that is available through administration side. But when we talk about water resources, our boundaries are not administrative, but micro watersheds or sub watersheds or the complete watersheds. When you talk about Bangalore, it's Kesi Valley, Hebbal Valley, Vrishabhavati Valley and Arkavati Valley, uh, a small part of it. And then there is uh, uh, Kere also at the uh, end of it. So when we understand in terms of sub watersheds, we actually know how much water is being utilized, how much is going to the lakes, how much is going to the ground, and then we can study that better. 
got it got it so uh, when you said about the databases like uh, so uh, you did mention about like couple of databases so like uh, what what kind of data it contains is it more kind of like uh, numbers or like textual data or image data what what exactly are these databases basically so when we talk about the database uh, let me just take example of the data and tools we utilize um, in our project so first we have the ancillary data like the rainfall data from the telemetric rain gauge stations of um, KSNM DMC which we have obtained and then we have all the um, shape files which we have obtained uh, with the help of KSASAC and Regional Remote Sensing Center RRSE and then um, the water resources related data which we have obtained from BWSSB, uh, Department of Mines and Geology, Central Groundwater Board, Karnataka State Pollution Control Board. So this becomes all the um, uh, numbers data or all the shapefiles. Shapefiles are nothing but one of the formats which we use in our uh, geospatial software tools, um, which has all the information in the point polygon line format and all its attributes are available. The other part comes is the satellite data. So we use digital elevation model that is Cartosat DEM data or SRTM temp data. The difference between them being the resolution with which they are available. Then there is Landsat, Sentinel, LISPO data, which we have uh, used for creating the land use land cover pattern over the years um, in the city of Bangalore. And then we have rainfall data uh, from iMerg and CHIPS project and those kind of satellite data we use. So we have meteorological data and then land use land cover data and elevation data from satellites which we use. Okay, And all this we can analyze or we can interpret what is happening there, modify or mo manipulate using ArcGIS software, ArcSWAT software. So SWAT is a really helpful software uh, for us to understand um, the entire water balance of the city uh, watershed wise so that we do we use google earth pro uh, we use google earth engine and also other water quality modeling softwares so uh, what we have understood as of now is there is a lot of um, there are a lot of tools for us to understand the interactions uh, for us to take the action but the source data, which is the measured data, is still um, not very um, is not very uh, continuous, is not very fine, or we don't have the proper data with which we can actually ascertain what we have got the results from model actually um, is equal, or we can't validate it through the ground results. So that is that has been the biggest problem for us. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So uh, coming on to the actual use case which you are actually mentioning or the project which you are working. So uh, you did mention about a couple of objectives here. So if you can detail each one of it and what what exactly are you targeting with each of these objectives? OK, so the bottom line is very simple for us. Our vision is over through our studies and then hopefully through execution of at least part of these studies, like there's a lot of field work yet to be done, but a lot of field work has already happened. So the bottom line is, can we use the water which is falling in my place in the local region and supply it to the local people? So we really don't want global solutions. We need global thinking, yes, 
but as a bengalurian in namma bengaluru how do we use a lake waters lake water to supply to local people and what is the plan to go ahead or to at least rejuvenate the groundwater to such extent through these lakes or the lung spaces and uh, supply it to water and reduce our dependence on kaveri water or any other water resources which we get from far off places because thinking 60 70 100 years down the line it does not seem sustainable to um, go and bring the water Uh, from far off places and it does not seem sensible to put that pressure on the next generation and to believe that they will be able to find a better solution so we need to work towards finding the solution and executing it in our lifetimes so that is our goal so the first objective is when we have such a simple goal but it looks impossible and lofty so first we need to understand water availability what is there in bangalore then comes to whether i can use the available rainwater uh, for water supply and can i use it for potable water supply so when it comes to drinking water supply the quality of water matters a lot or else we'll have a lot of health issues so how do we plan and execute that that becomes a big thing there so can we have a pilot plant which uh, so the primary goal after the study of this project will be a pilot execution so can we look look towards that can we have a community who works on all these principles because how much ever we studying there will always be practical problems right so there is no general template for these things but as bangalore as a whole as watersheds or sub watersheds which we are working on can we uh, work out solutions for it and what we have understood it when there is a policy intervention when it is mandated by the government or when government says that no this is the way we have to do as it happens with rainwater harvesting structures a lot of people got to know about it when it becomes mandatory so uh, how can we bring one or two such interventions which will help in sustainability sustainably uh, conserving water resources in bangalore so those four objectives uh, along with two other objectives of understanding if you are using lakes as primary storage um then how much water dependency will reduce on uh, extracting the water from outside our local space so those simulations we want to run because as you know today everything is data and then people want to know if i do step if i go ahead with the, um thinking line thinking one what will happen a uh, second uh, case what will happen third case what will happen we lay it out like in climate change scenarios business as usual interventions and then green interventions what is happening so in the long term whether we will save on it or what is the cost benefit analysis of it not just in terms of economy but also in terms of environment so those those are the things which we uh, want to look at but everything is available for us to execute scientifically on paper yes but how do we do it on field is a challenge which we are facing and we are talking to a lot of stakeholders beyond our own uh, academia and trying to understand where can we start executing these things great great that's that's actually great to know a lot of things about your project and uh, yeah so uh, so is it something like uh, it will be targeted to 
kind of a closure in the near future or like is it is it an ongoing one no we want to close it because it's a study right mm. so we want to close it within the next one year and after that um uh whatever information which we have collected through this project we want to out like put it online so we will create we will be creating a website where all the results which we have got from our study plus availability of all the resources which we have used that where they can access from and what is it is it open online or whether they have to go meet the individuals to get it uh, everything will be put up online and then we look for uh, stakeholders or we look for collaborations where we can start executing things on field so uh, we will do update the website with all our uh, projects which will be upcoming but as a academic study we want to close it within next one year and because we want to um, not just be on paper we want to have something on field that that's the goal and hopefully working towards it true i i agree actually you yeah. so uh, thanks a lot actually for giving such a great explanation on the projects and about this whole process basically because most of the people are not aware of the end to end uh, cycle behind the water resource management actually so thanks for it and uh, uh, yeah I, i i i wish all the best for your project and hope it get well soon and uh, yeah and uh, thanks a lot for being here today in this particular podcast sharing your ideas and uh, your understanding about this whole topic and uh, yeah thanks a lot thank you thank you so much deepak and to be honest even i wasn't aware of all these things before i embarked on a journey to actually study it so um that's why when i say uh, we all or whoever wants to get into solving some societal issue or solving some environmental issue is supposed to start with the scratch from scratch again and again so if we have to really make quick progress then everything all the information should be available in one place for people to make right decisions very quickly so we had uh, one of the very eminent um, personalities in our campus so he he mentioned this sentence these kind of academic studies and researches help the administration or administrative position whoever is holding it take timely and quick decisions so what we understand is the years which we spend on doing all these activities will compile such good information for them to take quick action but we cannot always depend on them so can we have it for the people let just people whoever is interested come forward and take action so that is somewhere we have to go ahead with great great yeah that's that's actually true that's true because uh, let people take the ownership in uh, handling these kind of things and slowly it it will build up in that pace basically yeah yes. so yeah it's it's uh, we can uh, kind of wind up this particular session with this particular thought and uh, thanks a lot once again kushbu for thank you, being thank in this session and sharing all the details thank you thank you very much thank you so much